0: I'm a bulldog. So George, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere. And the way they handle the business education is important. Trying to reach the next level. Good I evening, dog nation. You guys served. are looking live. Into the before the hedges, Woodstock Studio. Uh, I'm your intrepid host, Jeff Sintel. That's a for panoramic. We have a very um butler cabin-ish. Type um, opening shot here for before the hedge is here. Brought to you by Kroger uh, on Dog Nation. How's everybody doing tonight? How's everybody doing? Friends, come on in. I, 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 I got I got some Butler Cabin vibes. I guess tonight. I guess. <laughs> Hello, Michael Baxter. Hello, Philip Overstreet. Uh, Randy Payne. Um, what's up, guys? This is another edition of Dog Nation's. Before the Hedges, where we talk about all things Georgia football recruiting. Uh, I'm Jeff Centel. I've been your host for this for about six years, seven years now. Um, Hey, it's Florida week. So how about this? Let's see if we can't set a, uh, let's see if we can set a before the Hedges record since it is Florida week. And our show topic is definitely going to be tied into the Florida game. Um, But how about this? I want each of you to share in the comment section your favorite, most appropriate um, salutation, uh, whatever it is when you're going to be walking around Jacksonville um, this weekend or watching the game. Do you have a favorite, I don't know whether it's a gesture, (laughs) a favorite uh, euphemism? Um, You know, I'm looking for clean stuff. We can get a little fun with it, but, you know, eat boogers, jean shorts. Give me your favorite kind of euphemism for playing the gators when how about this i'll be a reporter each of you i'm going to interview all of you at once when you guys think of georgia florida what is the first word or image that comes to your mind that's a good question we might have some fun on this one. whether it's you know um you know, the Gators eat boogers, the jean shorts, the Jacksonville landing, that might actually be mine. Um, uh, funny side road. that's where I met my wife and bride, actually, the Georgia-Florida. Um, Georgia-Florida game back in 1997. What was interesting about that game? You guys are going to learn a little bit about Jeff right here, but what was interesting about that game was there was, I believe, a 14-year span where Georgia won one time in Jacksonville, and that was the night... Uh, 37, 17, I think Kirby smart had at least one or two interceptions in that game. Um, Florida came in as a 20 point favorite. The dogs won by 20. Um, would, probably wouldn't have met my wife that night. Uh, if not Georgia winning that, that, that football game. So that's one of the reasons why the Georgia Florida game was always going to be a big deal in my household. But, um, <laughs> that's really, I like it. See, we got Harry, we got run, Lindsay run. We've got a lot of, um, somebody's bringing up crop dusting yeah that's what it is The lousy um maybe there's an eddie the blind squirrel in there but I I just kind of wanted to set the mood for um set the mood for the week and the weekend because I'm gonna I'm gonna drift um allow me to drift guys because one of the things I do when I'm around friends is they kind of call me the hypothetical guy Uh, that's part of my reporter's curiosity I would say but uh, you know, there's great hypotheticals, you know, like what if Jake Fromm would have came back for his senior year? Um, so many. What if Herschel Walker came back for his senior year? What if uh, Justin Fields didn't transfer? Um, you know, what if some of the guys on this team came back for their super senior or their, the 2021 National Championships came back for their super senior years? I think it's fun with football to go into what ifs. And that's how I preface our conversation tonight. We're going to have an opening discussion about Ryan Mooney. I like that. And Munson falling out of his, out of his cha- chair. Uh, Bryce and that answer is no. I don't think so. Um, but for this game, listen, it gets a lot of soapbox talk. We, it, it seems like it has been a constant wawa, 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 Charlie Brown talk about Georgia, Florida, Jacksonville um everybody's got their opinions everybody's got sincere opinions tomahawk dog that was a good one there what if todd Gurley wasn't suspended i would have won a heisman trophy um but for me um it's a multi-layered argument but let's just jump into it number one i refuse to now a lot of these things can all be can all be true for me being a recruiting guy like a lot of people just say in college football oh, wow, it's going to help recruiting. And that's like a carte blanche, like express lane argument winner right there. I've never really believed that when it comes to the Georgia-Florida game. Why do I do that? Why do I say that? Because, listen, I talk to probably 40, 50 recruits a week on the average. i um, been doing this for Dog Nation and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Dog Nation since, I believe, 2015. Uh, never once have I heard a recruit, especially after the 2017 season, never once have I heard a recruit say, you know, I was going to go check out Georgia. I was going to go visit Georgia, but there just wasn't a good game on the schedule. Folks, these guys, uh, the way Georgia's football program recruits, they have everybody visited that has to see Athens probably by their sophomore or junior year. They're just on that circuit of programs. Everybody's got to see, um, probably one of the strangest recruiting stories of the year for me was Roderick Robinson, who's now a Georgia commitment. He took us, he took a stroll through the Southeast. I think he visited Alabama. I think he visited Auburn. I think he visited Tennessee, didn't visit Georgia, but now everybody, when they're in the South, Ryan Puglisi is a great example. Ryan Puglisi, Puglisi um, visited Georgia and Alabama, Alabama and Georgia on back-to-back days and got offers on back-to-back days. So when, you know, all that kind of comes to be and, and everything else. Everybody sees Georgia. And, you know, I'm going to dig in hard here. My heel's hard in there. Do I think uh, having the Georgia-Florida game in Athens would help recruiting? Yeah. It, it's probably like the equivalent of somebody's bench press going up from 500 pounds to 507 pounds or 505 pounds. That's actually the way I look at it. Sure, it's going to make Georgia stronger. Sure, it's going to be another opportunity to entice recruits. It's going to be another opportunity for Georgia to pull um, visitors that they want to have in Sanford Stadium, gaining more of an attraction to Georgia. It's going to give them the ability to do that. Maybe they'll pull them away from an LSU Alabama. Maybe it'll pull them away from another game. Maybe it'll make the home schedule look a lot better. You hear a lot of people chirping about the home schedule is terrible. I think that's going to be rectified with the new – the new membership into the SEC, including Oklahoma and uh, Texas. I think that will be rectified. But, you know, for me, you just hear it and I believe it. And I kind of feel like something's going to happen with Jacksonville. I think the game is going to be in Athens. I think the game is eventually going to be in a rotation that involves Athens and Gainesville. Maybe the folks down in Florida like the game in Jacksonville and they're happy with that. And maybe it goes Athens, Jacksonville most likely it's going to go Athens, Gainesville, Jacksonville. That way everybody that's a Georgia player or a Florida player will get to experience the game in um, Jacksonville at least once during their football careers. I I think they're guaranteed that. But for me, you know, this week is a good week to have this discussion. I'm not the one that bangs the drum on this across our platforms. Um, Yes, it would help Athens' economy, but, you know, I think the Athens economy was doing great Uh, Back in the day, they survived when there were only like five home games a year. Georgia usually always has six home games a year now. I I think um, the the, the lights will stay on in Athens without – that's not the argument that really works for me. And, you know, I guess what I want to do now is I want to talk about specifically recruiting because I said earlier I don't really like that carte blanche argument that, hey, it's going to help recruiting. And that's a rubber stamp that everybody thinks it's a good idea. Um, I hold these truths to be self-evident. One, never heard a player tell me that they were wanted to check out Georgia, but there's, there was never a game good enough for them to come see it. Um, folks, like like Deuce Robinson, the number one player in the country this year, number one tight end in the country this year, he came to Georgia for an official visit on Kent State. It's kind of a drop-the-microphone argument right there. So for me, when I look at this game, I do see it eventually moving out of Jacksonville. I do see it becoming part of a rotation, but like this is the best way to answer this question. What if this week's Georgia Florida game was being held in Athens? You know what would happen? Um, Everybody, well, now Florida's record could be a little bit better, but everybody that's going to the uh, Georgia Tennessee game in two weeks in Athens, which is going to be madness. It's going to be bonkers. Um, Those same folks would be in Athens this weekend. It would be great to play the Gators in Athens. It would be great (coughs) to play Florida from the Georgia side in Gainesville. A lot of people, a lot of Georgia fans I know have been following this team 30, 40 years. They've never seen a game in Dunhill Griffith Stadium. There was that time where they rotated because of Jacksonville Jaguars and they were retrofitting the stadium, the Gator Bowl. And Florida was really good there, and Georgia wasn't, and they beat the brakes off Georgia that one time in the 90s. But you would have a great recruiting crowd, and it would basically be the same recruiting crowd that it's going to be for Tennessee in two weeks. So it would kind of be duplication. A lot of recruits, if they had the opportunity, if Florida was in this week and then Tennessee was in the following week, they'd usually choose one. Another thing that's different about recruiting these days is the official visit weekends are normally – the way things are moving now, nobody wants to have them during the fall during the games. That's because everybody wants the intimate time, the non-distracted time where Georgia's not worried about having to beat Tennessee on an official visit and Georgia's not worried about having to beat Florida on an official visit. They like that ease. They, they can be more relatable. They can spend more face time with the recruits and their families and not have it taking place on a busy weekend in Athens. I think Georgia's only got a handful of official visits left. Um, that's why I think this week's Georgia-Florida game was be, would be played in Athens. I think you would have a great recruiting crowd. You know, the other thing that I, I got I to gotta share here, um, and, and you, know, you know, I can acknowledge that, yeah, it's going to help Athens' economy. Yeah, it's going to help Georgia recruit. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, it's going to make the home schedule better. Yeah, all that's going to happen. But is it is it going to make a seismic impact um, on Georgia football recruiting? I don't think so, uh, and I would probably debate that for a long time. It's going to make it better, but like I said earlier, I think Kirby's visor and I are of the same mind. It's basically the equivalent of me of a of a player like of a player like Br- Branson Robinson with his 415 pound bench press in high school. It augments his strength to a 425 pound bench press. I think the main thing is it keeps people that want to see the dogs away from other schools. It keeps Georgia in that college game day spotlight. But the last thing I want to bring up on this subject is I want to talk about this. Um, Someone makes the argument about home schedule, Georgia's home schedule donors, season ticket donors need, um, need the game to make the home schedule more attractive. Well, let's look back since Georgia, I think, the program was just on uh, turbo boost. It was on a rocket ship light speed. I'm going to start with the 2018 season, the 2018 season, Georgia got the chance to host Auburn in Athens, Georgia, I think won 27 to 10. And that to me is still the unofficial standard for the most craziest um, recruiting visit weekend. You had like guys like Jaden Hazelwood, Nolan Smith, Trayvon Walker, um, I think the number of five stars kind of went up to like, I think 15 in that game. And a lot of them were like junior and senior five stars. The other thing um, the year before that was the, the 17 season when like Justin Fields was in that rem- remarkable class in 2017, um, you know, Georgia was able to pack guys in for those game visits. Now, 2019, Moving forward, that's the Notre Dame. That was a marquee must-see home game for the dogs in Athens that everybody circled their calendars for and all the recruits came for. 2020 was the COVID year. There were no recruits available in, allowed in, in the house, so kind of just kind of scratch that one off. 2021, I think, is a great example as well, and even 2022 this year is a great example. In 2021, everybody looked at that stinker of a schedule, and they saw Arkansas. They saw Missouri. They saw Kentucky. Well, lo and behold, since you play in the SEC – that was an up year for Arkansas, folks. Before this game in two weeks against Tennessee, Georgia number two faced number eight Arkansas. That was the last time two top ten teams met in Sanford Stadium, kind of low key in like twenty years. Um, the only other game that comes close is there's a game um, between Georgia and Auburn in '83, which is number eighty, which is number uh, three and number four. Um, but then this year you've got okay, Kent State not a very good game, Vanderbilt not a very good game, Auburn not a very good game, um, Sanford not a very good game, and all of a sudden you see Tennessee is on the up and up. Someone in the conference every year is having a banner season, and that's why you're going to have um, you're going to have that going on in Athens. And I think the only other time you got to go back a long ways. I think Georgia played Alabama one year, and it was number two versus number three. Um, Big time in Sanford Stadium. What I'm trying to say here very succinctly, and I'll wrap this point up right here, I'm trying to tell people very succinctly, trying to share my opinion, and it is just simply my opinion, that um, the home schedule usually finds a gym kind of rises up out of the earth and becomes that A1A, grade A, filet mignon type home game that all the recruits come to. Georgia uh, is going to have one like that for Tennessee. So many guys are telling me that they're coming into that game. Um so that's what I wanted to talk about today. That was a lot of talk about um a very popular topic. I see a lot of questions coming up um and I think Noah Sheldon 500 gives me the perfect segue here for our before the hedges show brought to you by Kroger. Um uh, can find it on the podcast, can find it on Spotify, can find it on SoundCloud, can find it everywhere. Um uh, but right now we talked a little bit a little bit about our A block. That was our kind of lead story on before the hedges tonight. Now let's now let's uh, bring up Um, the top targets list for the week of October 26, 2022. And we have a very condensed list right here. Number four was last week. Can anybody tell me who number four was? Number four last week was Chris Peel. Chris Peel committed to Georgia uh, last week. So that shrinks down the top targets list considerably. Um, And what we're doing with top remaining targets is there are just five now. But you're going to like this, folks. We're going to give you guys a little bit more production whiz bang and wizardry here you're going to see this top targets list right here i'm going to leave it here for a second but i'm going to tease the fact that we have another separate list since i think it is the end of october heading into november and that is what i would call flip season so you're going to see top five remaining targets and then you're going to see another list to come about the five most likely i think it's four right now four most likely potential targeted flips for the remainder of the class. Let's start with the top remaining targets for 2023. Davian Hobbs going to make his decision in November. Deuce Robinson, folks, watch out for Deuce Robinson. Watch out for Deuce Robinson if he makes a trip to the Tennessee game. Um, You know, and and to kind of link up our show topic today, I think if Georgia was playing Florida and Athens this week, you would see a lot of these names considering – to be in Athens. Um, I, I kind of expect Jordan Big Baby Hall number two there. He lives in Jacksonville. I believe that Georgia will be leaving tickets for him to come check it out. Um, Damon Wilson there, um, Venice, Florida. I think Georgia and Ohio State are just dueling for that one. If anybody remembers the movie, that 80s, 90s movie, Over the Top, where it's just um, a tremendous arm wrestling match, I think that's what Ohio State and Georgia are in right now with damon wilson very interesting instagram post i don't know if you guys saw his instagram post, but the thing was commented on by jordan davis by trayvon walker by almost all of the georgia uh, 2023 recruiting class at least the core commitments and uh damon wilson had a video it's kind of like a hype video with popular music current music and um he was talking about i think it was by kodak i believe but he was talking about um not committed, but it was had images of Kirby visiting him for his game last Friday night. Very interesting there. Samuel and Pimba expect him to take his official visit to Georgia for the Tennessee game. He recently took an official visit to Tennessee for the uh, Alabama game. He got Jordan Big Baby Hall there. Uh, Damon Wilson uh, number four. Um, uh, yeah, Randy Hall. You remember that over the top movie? I think so. Um, so 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 those are the the five names that I think Georgia. You know, Deuce Robinson for and then Davian Hobbs five. Now let's flash another list right here. These are the names that I think are flippable. Georgia is trying to flip. Like these are the names to keep in in mind for flips. And we got a new name, new number one. That's Jeremiah Cobb of Montgomery Catholic in Montgomery, Alabama. There will be a story on dognation.com tonight or tomorrow about Jeremiah Cobb. Um, This kid, 5'11", 190, 195. Auburn Commitment. Uh, he's had back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. Uh, he is a senior. He's a number seven or eight running back in the country with some great film. Folks, the thing he does best, does better than anything else, and you can take this intel to the bank, is he catches the ball out of the backfield. Currently committed to Auburn. Uh, he is going to, I'm going to say it right now, I have the confidence that he is going to be in Georgia for the Georgia-Tennessee game. He will be visiting for that game. And I think right now the best way to say that is he's checking out Georgia as an option, as a safety valve, if things at Auburn kind of blow up. If you're of the belief that Brian Harson will not be the coach for Auburn in 2023, then you're going to feel Georgia's going to have a good shot here. Uh, he does have strong ties to the staff, the recruiting coordinators, and the recruiting personnel at Auburn. There is a great relationship forged there, as it should be. And also with the running backs coach, Cadillac Williams. Um, So those are strong ties that he has to Auburn. But Jeremiah Cobb, folks, I have a great 100-meter time on him. He is about a 10-7 in the 100. Um, He's on a terrific football team. Folks, the number one team in Class 4A in Alabama, the average score for Montgomery Catholic this year is 56 to 8 or 56 to 7, something like that. They're blowing the doors off people. He's putting up 2,000 yards a season when he's basically doing it while sipping Powerade or Gatorade or your sports nutrition beverage of choice in the third quarter. Um, Anthony Evans, I expect him to be at Georgia for the Georgia-Tennessee game. That will not be an official visit. He used his during – in the month of June for that. Um, DeAndre Moore, Louisville, he's another top 100 receiver. Uh, DeAndre Moore is currently committed to Louisville. I would expect DeAndre Moore to be in Athens as well. Another name here for four, and I think four is a little bit farther out of reach right now than the other three, would be Jurion Dickey, currently committed to Oregon, um, out of Palo Alto, California. Those are kind of the names that I see are kind of the flip targets right now. Um, People call it flipmas. People remember the uh, Malik Heron gift. That's what we're cooking right now. We have some other names I want you to think about. Um, There's some running backs in state. I don't know if that's the possibility anymore. There's Marcus Steele another guy out of Texas, um, other guys that they're not quite top targets. They're not flipped because they're all undecided. Actually, Jordan Louie is still committed to West Virginia. Um, but those are other names on the radar. So what we're having is we're having the board shrinking quite a lot, shrinking quite a lot. Um, good stuff there. And now we've got um, a couple more things I want to show you. Uh, the normal things we do every, every week, Georgia, the commitment of Chris Peel for first of all, it gives uh, Georgia another defensive back in this class. I don't know if they're done with defensive backs yet. Uh, another defensive back in this class that um, is ranked among the nation's top 200 overall prospects. Um, what it does and young man out of North Carolina, it increases the spread from 16 out of state to six in-state commitments. Now, you can kind of fudge that a little bit and really 14 to eight because Georgia uh, has commitments from two boys that spent most of their lives in Georgia that now play high school ball in Florida. That's Gabe Harris. That's Pierce Sperling third um, Number two nationally, uh, now 11 guys on defense, 10 on offense, one on special teams. 15 guys are in the SEC footprint, seven are outside. There's seven top 100 commitments. Folks, that's all very strong. What Georgia is doing in the secondary and the front seven, especially on defense, I think folks will look back on this and they'll say the 2022 and 2023 classes built the greatest defenses in Georgia Bulldog football history. Just going to let that sink in there. Um, another thing to talk about, we've got um, some tweets I wanted to show you guys a little bit. Um, very interesting tweets. Uh, we've went through the uh, offers. Oh yeah, there, there was the one recent offer over the last week Georgia now has 233 offers in the class of 2023. The new one would be running back. They went up to 10. That was the offer for Jeremiah Cobb. Um, You see the list right there. Georgia has three wide receivers committed, two tight ends committed. Um, I'm going to say this. There's a lot of talk out out in the world about, you know, how many members of Georgia's class will flip or how many commitments will Georgia lose. And a lot of people point to uh, loss and lucky, the Georgia legacy Um, that's visited Notre Dame, that's visited um, Ole Miss, that's visited Alabama. I I just don't see that happening. I don't see that happening even if Deuce Robinson comes on board because if you know the Lucky family and you know their plan, their plan was always to take these visits uh, when he made that commitment, and he kind of has the blessing of Coach Hartley and Coach Kirby Smart when he does this. Um, If you know that situation with the Lucky family situation, um, it's going to be very hard, harder than it should be, uh, considering the education and the tight end production uh, in Athens for him to go to an Alabama, to go to an old business to go to a Notre Dame. That's just my thought on that. Um, got some tweets I want to show you guys. We always like to try to run through our show. We try to keep our shows now right around 30 minutes and just really hit you with a thunder and lightning worth of information. I'm seeing all of the the, the tweets right here. I'm seeing all the questions right here. Jerry Dogs fan, Justice is coming back to UGA for the Tennessee game. I don't see that flip happening. Um, Look at this guy right here. This is Jamarian fat Burnett. So fat folks, this is, you want to talk about something you just don't see. Well, this is Jeremiah Cobb. He got this offer released his offer today. This is Jamarian fat Burnett. He is a 2024 running back also out of Montgomery Catholic Academy in Montgomery, Alabama. Think about this for a second, guys. This is not IMG Academy, not IMG Academy. And there are two running backs Uh, from the same high school program in Alabama that now currently hold offers from the Georgia Bulldogs. RBU, uh, Fats about 6'1", about 215, 220, great speed. He's a top 10 running back, top 100 overall prospect in the nation for 2024. Del McGee saw both of them uh, on the off week. Uh, They both got offers. 2023 um, prospect uh, Jeremiah Jeremiah Cobb is currently committed to Auburn. Um, Very interesting right there. So that's Fat Burnett with an offer. Why did I bring that up? Because I've never seen that before, uh, unless it's ING Academy. Here's a shout-out from the mother of uh, Mr. Williams, the fantastic Tyler Williams, the fantastic wide receiver prospect commitment in this class. We talk about his touchdowns. Let's also talk about this. She gives a shout-out to Tyler uh, for A, being on a roll. He gets an ice cream date for making good grades. Great job on the field. Most importantly, an even better job in the classroom. Shout out there to uh, Mr. Williams, the guy I see as the game breaker receiver in this class. If Georgia could add a more or an Evans to already what uh, Yazid Haynes is doing, folks, Yazid Haynes up in North Penn High School in Pennsylvania is killing it. He's got the 4 3 speed. Um, he was a flip from Penn State. Whew, he's putting on a show. I think he had 150 yards and three touchdowns this past, his, on his past game. Uh, very strong there. Got another tweet to show you. We've got a few to show you this week. I have to keep you guys abreast of all things going on. Um, we had um, – I think I want to show you this. <clears throat> this has been in the news. Now, I think some of this is just the culture of Texas A&M, but this is a recruiting writer for Texas A&M, and this is his tweet this week. When it rains it pours, he's been told at least three and perhaps four A&M players have been suspended indefinitely by Aggies coach Jimbo Fisher, all from the true freshman ranks. Of course, that was the number one recruiting class in the country – there's some five-stars in there. There's some very good players. There's some offensive players. There's some defensive players. There's a young man that believed uh, wants to get a, take a red shirt because he's hurt. But Texas A&M won't let him have the red shirt. There's a lot of guys that are already thinking portal. Um, very interesting to see what's happening there with Texas A&M. I think that's going to be a lot of good discussion and a lot of good data and research for – what is going on uh, and maybe the best ways to approach name, image, and likeness. Is it to use – is as inducements for recruiting or is it as a reward for players that are already established? I think we've seen two different models at work here, the way uh, Texas A&M has done it and the way the University of Georgia tries to do it. We're going to see short-term, long-term, which um, is the most effective method right there. Um, I think we've got another tweet right here, and this is the one from Jeremiah Cobb. Um, again 511 190 great receiver out of the backfield kind of that missing element james Cook type guy great production uh, he will not be able to enroll early and really i think George's window there for jeremiah Cobb is going to happen um, should auburn um, should Auburn kind of lose its um, Brian Harson removed his head coach head coach that's the best way to say that Got two more tweets. One of them, let's start with fast young men. So I don't know if you guys know about catapult. Catapult is that thing players wear. It looks like a harness or some body armor or some Kevlar underneath their pads. What it is is it is a GPS tracker that measures how fast they're performing, how fast they're being clocked in the midst of a game. Right there, folks, number one in the country, which is the highest measured time for a high school player, is Raylan Wilson. That's a linebacker commitment to Georgia, about 6'1", about 220 pounds, 218 pounds probably right now. Number two there is Usmani Croma, who is a 2025 running back out of Lee County in Georgia. Georgia recently offered Usmani Croma, fantastic player, averaged 12 yards of carry last year in big boy Georgia high school football, doing much the same. He was a rec ball legend growing up in Leesburg as well. Let's also go down to number six, uh nicar out of georgia that's the colquitt county packers down in moultrie 22.05 miles per hour that's their game speeds which which they were tracked nicar after who had missed a couple of games been suspended a couple of day couple of games at colquitt county Nikar has responded nicely once he's gotten back into the lineup and has had some monster games since and look at that speed right there that's a current wide receiver commitment one of the top 100 prospects in the class of 2024 Folks, there you have it. And last one, um, 100% committed. Let's look at Walter Blanchard right here. Um, he's out a Brookstone. Kind of a, I guess the best way to say this, it reminds you a lot of Prater Hudson in that story. Uh, Walter Blanchard committed this week as a preferred walk-on to Georgia. He's a safety. He's a wide receiver. He's an athlete type. I think he could be a Dan Jackson type um, at Georgia in a couple of years. I love this stat on him. I tweeted this out. Um, I tweeted this out to share this with you good people. Um, When he got the offer, he committed to the PWO offer. Current GPA, or at least reported GPA for Mr. Blanchard, is 4.49 weighted GPA. That's what AP classes at a private school in Columbus, in the Columbus metro area. And his current 40 time is a 4.45. So his 40 time is lower than his GPA. Pretty strong there, pretty strong there. Um, pretty strong there when you have two forty times that close together and the 40 time and the grades are a four, 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 nine. That's very good. Uh, Walter Blanchard, uh, preferred walk on commitment to the university of Georgia. Um, Michael Porter good shout out there. Yeah. Jerry dogs, fan. He returns kicks. He returns punts. He returns all that. Um, we've got uh, time for some questions. I'll tell you what you guys got a question. Hop in there and let's get this thing going. If you guys are just joining us, I gave you my thoughts. I kind of had a monologue, I guess, a little bit about where we kind of dissected and we popped the hood on what if this week's Georgia-Florida game was being held in Athens? How great would that be? What would, it, what would the scene be like? Would it be the recruiting boost everybody's talking about? Um, potentially, it's a game-day type atmosphere, game-day type game. Uh, you know, one of the things, though, about that game that, you know, I always want to think about You know, when Georgia beats Florida in Athens, excuse me, when Georgia beats Florida in Athens, I don't see the players jumping in the stands. I don't see the same pageantry. I don't see the people. I don't see Kirby taking a lap around the field. I think that's what makes Jacksonville and that game in the uh, old stomping grounds of the Gator Bowl on the banks of the St. John's River. I think that's what makes it very special and pageantry, the tradition of college football. Now, tradition of college football can certainly get trampled over for some TV dollars and some media rights and some gate receipts and some economic impact and some flow charts and some pie charts and all that stuff. But, you know, should Georgia – and they're favored to do so by about 24 points right now – should Georgia um, roll into Jacksonville, beat the brakes off the Gators, you're going to see that revelry, that fun that that just makes the Georgia-Florida game a lot different. Um. Uh, Bob, forget. good question. I do think they will uh, for Richardson and Jacksonville because I do think that they are going to be um, very wary of what – you know, Clark's going to try and get some run game going. They're going to be very wary of what uh, – very aware and very uh, occupied by what AR can do with his legs. Um, yeah, Drew Dogs fan, I, I, I agree with you, man. was Money Chroma. that's one of those guys that you sit there and everybody's – You know, clutching their pearls right now about Justice Haynes leaving the state. Folks, it would be the same story if he leaves the state in 2025 because I think Ujmani Kroma is that good a football player class in 2025. Um, Good question. Uh, Munkin's headset. Yeah, Peaches was over here bugging me just a second ago. When I was talking about Georgia-Florida, she was right there on my knee. She's like, all right, Jeff, be careful here because we know a lot of people feel very strongly about that Georgia-Florida game. Some of your coworkers feel very strongly about that Georgia-Florida game. And she was like, all right, buddy, you got this. Don't take anybody off. Just tell people how you feel. Give it some data. Give it some facts. And that's what we try to do. Um, That's what we try to do. Um, Questions. Uh, Like I said, we talked about Jeremiah Cobb. We talked about commitment. uh, Recent preferred walk-on commitment. Walter Blanchard talked about Anthony Evans. Probably very likely going to be taking an unofficial visit to Georgia for the Tennessee game. We expect. I'm going to expect the Georgia-Tennessee game. Not only will it be probably number one versus number two or number one versus number three, which has never happened, the combination of rankings in Athens before. Underneath a five, uh, they're going to. There's going to be every recruit within six hours of this game wanting to be there for that game. That's how huge of a game it is. I, I mean, I, I saw Tyler Atkinson last Friday night. Um, at the Grayson game, that's the five-star linebacker for Grayson who's leading uh, his team in tackles for losses and sacks. He's second in tackles. He's about 6'1". He's about 205 pounds. Looks like the type of player that will be a top five overall recruit in his class. He's going to be there for that game. Um, I would imagine anybody and everybody will um, be there for that game. Um, Roxanne Smith has a question. When do I – See Arian Smith returning. I think he'll have a big presence in the game plan on Saturday against Florida. Georgia Florida game. If you guys were just joining us, we had a fun little moment as we started the show. Uh, We talked about all things uh, Georgia football recruiting on this show. Becomes a podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, all brought to you by Kroger. Um, Jack Marino has a good take. He's like, Cobb lives and plays right here in my backyard. He's really good out of the backfield. I feel like after he sees what Athens is like when when, we, when Georgia beats Tennessee, he's definitely a flipper. Um, Henry Carter, thanks for the thought about getting my ears lower. Um, Ryan S. Walker, good questions, guys. I'm here for you guys. Keep bringing all this stuff. Can I see Don Blaylock and stack Jackson, D-Bell, 86, being a bigger part of the passing game since their injuries? I don't know. I think the, I think what Georgia wants to do is they want to start – they want to boat race Florida early. They want to get up by three scores. Uh, they want to make AR very one-dimensional where they kind of have to throw it. We saw him well, while he threw it against um, Tennessee, but what they want to do is they want to take the game and get the game in hand early. Um, and I think you do that by putting the ball in the hands of your best playmakers. That's Donnell Washington. That's Brock Bowers. That's Kenny McIntosh. Uh, it's even a guy like Oscar Dell. I think Arian Smith is a guy that can play a role in this game as well. Lad McConkey, Marcus Rodgers. Jack. Jack Saint. I want to tell you folks, how awesome would it be if MRJ goes back to Jacksonville, that place where he had that ooh, tough, uh, indescribable injury where he was going to go score a touchdown and he puts down a monster game uh, against the Gators in Jacksonville. I think that would be like, you know, what a great storyline that would be for Georgia folks, for the reporters and beat writers that want to cover that. Marcus Rosenby, Jack Jack Saint getting some sweet redemption in Jacksonville. Same thing for Stetson Bennett. Um, same thing for a lot of those guys. Um, especially, you know, you got to, you got to. I, I just know that sooner or later, probably going to be next year. Sooner or later, I think Carson Beck is really going to make a very strong imprint on the uh, Georgia Florida rivalry. Um, Phil Rogers, that was my last, That was my last point. Um, they talk about Florida's defense on third down. They got they got they got folks wondering if Todd Grantham's third in Grantham was not a little bit better. Their stop rate, they just don't have the players right now on defense. Uh Florida doesn't uh upfront linebackers secondary, they don't have all the players together to really have a cohesive upper tier echelon Georgia. Unit. now they got the big boys up front. Everybody remembers the name Gervon Dexter. Georgia wanted him a couple years ago. Um, Florida is slowly but surely starting to get players, or getting even more players in this twenty twenty three class. But you know, remember Julian Humphrey? He was he was a Gator at one point. Um, we'll we'll get to see uh, Kamari Wilson, uh, the safety that Georgia wanted a year ago, five star safety Kamari Wilson. Nobody's really wondering about Kamari right now with how well McCari Malachi Starks is playing, but. That's how I see uh, that game going, Michael Porter. Great, great, top, great topic, great talk, tree topic there. The more touchdowns that Eric Gilbert and Dominic Blaylock catch for Georgia, uh, the better this world will be. Such great stories right there. Um, come here, come here, come here. Peaches, she hears me talking about all those all those dogs she likes. She hears me talking about Marcus Rose Jack Saint. She hears me talking about Dominic Blaylock. She hears me talking about Eric Gilbert. She hears me talking about. I think Peaches' personal favorite is Dejon Edwards. But uh, when Peaches hears he's talking about dogs, that's that's what she does here on Before the Hedges. Um, guys, I'm Jeff Sintel. Thank you guys for hanging out with another um, Wednesday night here on um, Dog Nation uh, Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. We got to talk about the Florida-Georgia game, why I think the recruiting impact is great, maybe not so great. Um, getting lots of uh, lots of huggies, lots of love there from Peaches. Guys let's do this again sometime real soon how about next Wednesday next Wednesday night wouldn't that be really stinking cool I'm Jeff Centel everybody safe travels down to Jacksonville Uh, that has been your intel everybody be well safe travels to Jacksonville say hi if you see me down there and uh, you guys take it easy and we'll see you guys again on the pages of dognation.com take it easy everybody God bless you Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle.